It's April the 30th. Let's read the Bible. Hey, guess what? We have reached an important milestone today. It's April the 30th. That means we've done January, February, March, and April. We are one-third of the way through the whole Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation in one year, one-third done. And I think of it as climbing Mount Everest. If so, we are one-third of the way up the mountain. I know the biggest part, the steepest part of the mountain is still in front of us, but think how far we've come. Uh, I want to say about the journey so far, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your prayers and encouragement. I want to say what was said in 1 Samuel 7, after the great Israelite victory over the Philistines, Ebenezer, the stone Ebenezer, the stone of help, Ebenezer, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Thank you, Lord, we have gotten this far. We take nothing for granted. Now today, only two chapters, but boy, what a message they have. 1 Samuel 23, David and Jonathan. Out, David is running for his life, and at one point, they're out there, and there's a mountain out there in the wilderness of Judah, and um, <laughs> Saul's on one side and David's on the other. It's like a, it's like a, a old-time western. Here come the bad guys, and here's the good guys, and they're going this way around the mountain. David is saved just at the last moment. And David and Jonathan, uh, one final meeting together, and then David and Saul in the cave at En Gedi. En Gedi, by the way, that's a spring uh, down by the uh, Dead Sea. If you go to the Holy Land someday, and I hope you do, your tour group will no long, no doubt stop at En Gedi, and you'll see the cave that David and his men went into. So let's read together 1 Samuel 23 and 24. Chapter 23. It was reported to David, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and raiding the threshing floors. So David inquired of the Lord, should I launch an attack against these Philistines? The Lord answered David, launch an attack against the Philistines and rescue Keilah. But David's men said to him, look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him, go at once to Keilah, for I will hand the Philistines over to you. Then David and his men went to Keilah, fought against the Philistines, drove their livestock away, and inflicted heavy losses on them. So David rescued the inhabitants of Keilah. Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, and he brought an ephod with him. When it was reported to Saul that David had gone to Keilah, he said, God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself by entering a town with barred gates. Then Saul summoned all the troops to go to war at Keilah and besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting evil against him, he said to the priest Abiathar, Bring the ephod. Then David said, Lord God of Israel, your servant has reliable information that Saul intends to come to Keilah and destroy this town because of me. Will the citizens of Keilah hand me over to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, please tell your servant. The Lord answered, He will come down. Then David asked, ask, Will the citizens of Keilah hand me and my men over to Saul? They will, the Lord responded. So David and his men, numbering about 600, left Keilah at once and moved from place to place. When it, was when it was reported to Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, he called off the expedition. David then stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. Saul searched for him every day, but God did not hand David over to him. 
David was in the wilderness of Ziph in Horesh when he saw that Saul had come out to take his life. Then Saul's son Jonathan came to David in Horesh and encouraged him in his faith in God, saying, Don't be afraid, for my father Saul will never lay a hand on you. You yourself will be king over Israel, and I'll be your second in command. Even my father Saul knows it is true. The two of them made a covenant in the Lord's presence. Afterward, David remained at Horesh while Jonathan went home. Some Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah and said, Isn't it true that David is hiding among us in the strongholds at Horesh on the hill of Hakilah, south of Jeshimon? So now, whenever the king wants to come down, let him come down. As for us, we will be glad to hand him over to the king. May you be blessed by the Lord, replied Saul, for you have shown concern for me. Go and check again. Investigate where he goes and who has seen him there. They tell me he is extremely cunning. Investigate all the places where he hides and come back to me with accurate information and I'll go with you. If it turns out he's really in the region, I'll search for him among all the clans of Judah. So they went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now, David and his men were in the wilderness near Maon in the Arabah south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to look for him. When David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. Saul heard of this and pursued David there. Saul went along one side of the mountain, and David and his men went along the other side. And even though David was hurrying to get away from Saul, Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them. Then a messenger came to Saul saying, Come quickly, because the Philistines have raided the land. So Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to engage the Philistines. Therefore, that place was named the Rock of Separation. From there, David went up and stayed in the strongholds of in Gedi. 1 Samuel 24. When Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the wilderness near En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's fit young men and went to look for David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. When Saul came to the sheep pens along the road, a cave was there, and he went in to relieve himself. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. So they said to him, Look, this is the day the Lord told you about. I will hand your enemy over to you so you can do to him whatever you desire. Then David got up and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, As the Lord is my witness, I would never do such a thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. I will never lift my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. With these words, David persuaded his men. He did not let them rise up against Saul. Then Saul left the cave and went on his way. After that, David got up and went out of the cave and called to Saul, My Lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David knelt low to his, with his face to the ground and paid homage. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of people who say, Look, David intends to harm you. You can see with your own eyes that the Lord handed you over to me today in the cave. Someone advised me to kill you. But I took pity on you and said, I won't lift my hand against my Lord, since he is the Lord's anointed. Look, my father, look at the corner of your robe in my hand, for I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. Recognize that I've committed no crime or rebellion. I haven't sinned against you, even though you were hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord take vengeance on you for me, but my hand will never be against you. As the old proverb says, wickedness comes from wicked people. My hand will never be against you. Who has the king of Israel come after? 
What are you chasing after? A dead dog? A single flea? May the Lord be judge and decide between you and me. May he take notice and plead my case and deliver me from you. When David finished saying these things to him, Saul replied, Is that your voice, David, my son? Then Saul wept aloud and said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have done what is good to me, though I have done what is evil to you. You yourself have told me today what good you did for me when the Lord handed me over to you. You didn't kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him go unharmed? May the Lord repay you with good for what you've done for me today. Now I know for certain you will be king, and the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hand. Therefore, swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David swore to Saul. Then Saul went back home, and David and his men went up to the stronghold. Two things about today's reading. Number one is this. It's hugely important. Until this moment, Saul has known, because Samuel told him, Saul has known that his days are numbered. He's known David's going to be the king. He's never said it out loud. Now he says it publicly. Verse 20, Now I know for certain you will be king, and the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hand. And notice what he said. You have done what is good to me. When the Lord handed me over to you, you didn't kill me. Let me just leave us with one simple thought here. Sometimes the real mark of godliness is not what you do. It's what you don't do. Sometimes the mark of wisdom is not what you say. It's what you don't say. (laughs) So, here's some advice for today. Don't kill your enemies. Don't. You may be tempted to kill your enemies. You may be tempted to kill them with unkind, cruel words. Don't. Zip it. Zip it, my friends. Godliness sometimes is seen by what we don't do that we could do, what we don't say that we could say. So may the Lord fill us with the love of Jesus so that in his name we will love our enemies even when it might be easier to kill them. So, go and have a great day, and in Jesus' name, surprise the world. Love your enemies. They will see Jesus in you when you do that. Go and have a great day. Come back tomorrow. The story is going to take yet one more turn. See you then. God bless.